You are listening to the most comprehensive source for news and views about today's unions. This is LaborUnionNews.com's Labor Relations Radio and your host, Peter List. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Hey, thanks for turning on and tuning in to Labor Relations Radio. So I'm going to do a real quick introduction to this episode because it sort of speaks for itself. Back in late June, you may recall, we had Trader Joe's employees, Michael Alcorn and Les Stratford on the podcast, and they talked about the union campaign at the Trader Joe's store in Hadley, Massachusetts, and how they got unionized nearly a year ago. Well, following that episode, I received an email out of the blue from another Trader Joe's employee who works at a uh, Trader Joe's in Brooklyn, New York. And unlike the Trader Joe's store in Hadley, where Michael and Les work and that got unionized last year, the employees at the Trader Joe's store in Brooklyn rejected the union. And the email read, I'm a current employee at Trader uh, Trader Joe's store in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, New York City. I just finished listening to your podcast about the Hadley store. The same situation happened to us, and we have a mole in our store. If you want to know what happened and what platform they ran on, please email me back, which I did. So after several emails and a conversation a few weeks ago, I invited Kiki onto the podcast to share her story and what happened in the union's campaign in Brooklyn. So without further ado, here's Kiki. You are listening to Labor Relations Radio. So Kiki, welcome to mm-hmm. Labor Relations Radio. Thank you for having me. I uh, I was very intrigued when we spoke a, a couple weeks ago. You are a Trader Joe's employee. Uh, Kiki is a pseudonym for the listeners. And so what I wanted to do is kind of rehash what we talked about a few weeks ago because you contacted me after I had had Michael and Les on who are up in the Hadley, Massachusetts store uh, and had gone through a union campaign where the union actually won the election. But where mm-hmm. you work, they did not win. They did not, no. So why don't, why don't we start with a little bit of uh, background in terms of how long you've been at Trader Joe's and where, what store you work at, et cetera. Okay, so I started at Trader Joe's, I believe it was um, December of 2020, because during COVID, I had lost all the jobs that I had, as did everybody else. So I knew I couldn't stay in unemployment that long. So I was like, what's open during COVID right now? It's like grocery stores. And so I thought about Trader Joe's because I had friends um, from college that had worked at Trader Joe's and said it was a great company. So I applied. It took a couple months, and then I got hired at a different store that I'm currently at. Um, And then I stayed at that store for about a year in the New York area. And then once the Williamsburg Brooklyn store opened, I wanted to transfer because it was closer to where I lived. Okay. And I've been at that store um, almost two years, almost three years total. So about a year ago, um, and I think the first store that got targeted for unionization was the Hadley, Massachusetts store where Michael and Les work. Yeah. Um, there's been a several other union campaigns 
and elections at different stores around the country. But was yours like the second or third that got targeted? I think think ours was the second. I think there was a store on 72nd Street that I don't know the details, but it's almost like they applied for it, but then they decided not to do it. Okay, so they withdrew their petition. Yeah, yeah, they decided later, and then I believe we were the second. <clears throat> so what happened in your case? At why, why was there a union campaign to begin with, and like, what were some of the issues? Okay, so first off, I can only speak for my store. I can't speak for any other store, um, any other Trader Joe's, just my store specifically. <clears throat> it's it really is interesting because I feel like I kind of started <laughs> the thing of like unionization because I went with a coworker and we were talking about certain things that we should get paid for, you know, order writers should get paid, trainers should get paid extra. And I remember telling a coworker this and I was saying, you know, Trader Joe's isn't going to pay us for doing that, you know, you start a union to get those things that you want. And a couple weeks went by and the same coworker kind of pulled me to the side and said, we're doing it. I said, what are you doing? He goes, we're going to start a union. I said, great. And then from there, it just went in a different direction. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's like, I, it's funny because I kind of started the ball rolling on it, you know, and then it just took a life of its own, unfortunately. Yeah, so let's go into that a little bit. You planted the seed and then decided the plant wasn't worth having. Yeah, you know, it's it's a it's a good company to work for. It's a company, right? Companies can always grow and be better, obviously. And it was just things that I thought that we deserved as crew members. And if they weren't going to give it to us, why not form a union and get those things? You know, so I was static that they were going to, they were planning a union, like, all right, let's do this. But the platform they ran on was so disheartening of what it became. It was like this great idea that we had, and then it just went downhill after that. What, what happened? What made it go downhill? So we had an employee, sorry, that's my dog. Um, we had an employee that, um, that got let go and it kind of was around the time that people were trying to unionize, but a lot of us didn't know that that was happening, um, because a lot of people weren't invited to the conversation. So an employee that had worked there, she was fired. Uh, She had low performance. Um, She didn't meet expectations. She essentially was stealing time, meaning she wasn't clocking out for lunches. She was coming in late. She was leaving early. So they ran on the platform that she got fired because she was black. That's what they ran on. And they ran on that our mates were racist, that our captain was racist, um, which is a lie. (laughs) I mean, you know, immediately once I started to hear that, I went to my coworkers of color. I'm like, do you feel this? And all of them are like, no, (laughs) no, we don't feel this. We don't feel like we're being discriminated against at all. You know, 
You used a couple terms, um, and let me just ask you to clarify, for those of us who've never shopped at a Trader Joe's, when you say mates or captains, who are they? So the mates are the managers, um, and the captain is basically the general manager, the person that runs the store. It's a very nautical theme. Got it. So we're the crew, then the mates, and then the captain. And I think you had said when we spoke a couple of weeks ago that um, the store that you're in is very, very, very diverse. Very diverse. We have every walk of life that works there. Um, our mates, our mate team, I would say 80% of them are people of color. My captain is a queer woman of color. Um, so to run on a platform that our mates were racist or that our captain was, just kind of blew everybody's mind. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? You know, like we would talk about other stores in other parts of the country, you know, like, Oh, I can only imagine working at this store and all the mates are white men. You know what I mean? It's, it's one of those things where that's why I say I can only speak about my store, you know, what happened right. in my store. Right. You know, cause I'm sure there's other traders that need to be unionized, you know, but for our store, we didn't feel like it needed to be. And, and definitely not running on a platform like that. Nobody wanted to vote on a platform like that. Well, they, they turned determination into, as you, as you call it, a racist or a race-based platform. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, how did they say they were going to fix it? So that was the thing. There, it kind of like the, the buzz was happening of, oh, have you heard about the chat? And I said, you know, a lot, a lot of us, a lot of us didn't hear about the chat. And when I say a lot of us, it was those of us over the age of 35, most of us that are people of color and people that had spoken about wanting to uh, move up in the company. So all of us were left in the dark. (laughs) If you fit that category, we were all left in the dark. So I was like, what is this chat? You know, and it basically was, I guess what it started as, what they wanted to do, what they wanted to ask for. Um, but then the chat became its own, its own life. It became something completely different than what they were focusing on. It, I, I, I would only see bits of the chat because some people that did get invited that ended up leaving the chat, le- leaving the group, it was just destroying other crew members, destroying the mates, destroying the captain. Um, Really nothing productive was happening in the chat as to what they were going to do. Whenever anybody asked any of the union people, and we knew who they were because they were wearing union pits. Anytime any of us asked, well, what are you asking for? What, you know, you could never get a straight answer. The only thing we got was we want $25 an hour starting. That was it. There was no, and there was nothing else they were asking for. Nothing to do with benefits or 401k or retirement or you know, nothing. There was just, that was all they would tell us. You know, they, you never get a straight answer from anybody. It's, it was almost as if they didn't know what they were asking for. So basically what they did is they, and when you mentioned the word chat, you're talking about like a uh, platform or app-based yes. you know, group, right? Mm-hmm. So they excluded a bunch of people who was and I don't mean by name, but like, who were the people that were involved in the chat? Um, I would say once we started seeing the union pins, then you could identify who, who was in it. And obviously they were in the chat. It was mostly crew members that were 
under the age of 25, um, mostly white. <laughs> um, the two individuals running the unionization were two white women. Um, ages, I think, maybe a little bit older. One definitely in their 20s, one early 30s. So these are mostly white kids taking the the issue of racism and putting that mm-hmm. as the front and centerpiece of their campaign? Yes. And they had also mentioned in the chat, it was problematic, the chat, because we were finding out little by little people that were in the chat that decided to leave, things that was being said. At one point, there was an employee that we work with who is Latina, and she chooses to clean the restrooms. You know, whenever at the end of the, at the, end of the day, the nightly duties, she asks to do that. And she was an individual that was not invited to the chat, but they definitely used her as a pawn and said, oh, why do they always make the Latina clean the bathrooms? So you don't invite her to the chat, but you use her as part of your platform. How long was this going on before it turned you off? Ooh, I think, I think once that employee pulled me to the side and said, we're doing it. And that excitement was like, okay, great. Like, what do we got to do? I think probably, I, I don't know when the chat started. When I started hearing about it, it might've been maybe less than a month later, I heard about this chat and I was like, what is this chat? Who, who's in this chat? Um, and people would ask, like, I don't know, I'm not in the chat. I wasn't invited to the chat. Um, so that was problematic talking about another employee. And then it just was from what I was told, just complaining about other crew members, complaining about the mates, complaining about the captain. Um, there was an incident that we had a male employee that was being sexually harassed by another employee, a female and I guess within the chat, they were defending the female. They basically were victim shaming the the male that it happened to. So it was kind of like they weren't hmm. talking about anything about the union. It just was people, from what I was told, they were just bitching and complaining, basically, about other people in the store. Agitating on issues. Yeah, but not talking about what they were going to do. You know, what are they going to do for the store? What are you going to do for the crew? Right. So let me ask you, with the um, younger employees involved with the chat, were they new employees? Were they planted in there? I've done a couple episodes recently about union salts, which are people who are planted Mm in, Mm -hmm. you know, to unionize from within. Well, we definitely think one of the people in charge of the unionization definitely has been planted. Um, they basically, we train new crew members. So basically, all the people that were part of the union or part of the chat, they were training people and they were recruiting them. So people wouldn't even be in the store for a week and they were already being recruited into a union when they hadn't even experienced the store yet. You know, it got to a point where after the union vote, we had an employee that transferred because he didn't want to say anything at the time but he was he was bullied. He felt bullied into joining the union. That to the point that he transferred to a different store. Was he a log service employee or short 
short term? Short, short okay. time. So from a time standpoint, um, the organizing started probably around this time last year, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then and then your election was in, I want to say, October of, of 2022. Yes. I think, yeah, the petition went in, I believe, September. Um, and then our election, yeah, the petition was in September. And then the election was in October and then the tally of ballots was November and the certification of results was in November of last year. Yeah. I I just pulled up a New York times article. It was the, uh, the election tally was 94 against and 66 for it. Mm -hmm. So that's, and of those, and of those 66, most of them don't work in the store anymore. And that was our thing. You know, it was, people would ask me, well, what do you think? What do you think? And I said, you know, unions protect employees. And, and when you have a company that, you know, you need protection from, it's good to have a union, but you got to really think about it. How long do you plan on staying with this company? You know, if this is just a job for you that you don't plan on staying, you got to remember that there are people here that are going to be here as a career and any votes we make is going to change their livelihood. You know, it's going to impact their lives. You know, I never told people, oh, you got to say no or you got to say yes. I would just tell them, just think about that. You know, if you're not going to plan on being here, if you don't care about this job, you know, why, why would you, you know, vote for something for a job that you don't care about? You know, you should be voting on something that you care about. You know, if it's important to you, then that's how you vote. You know, I would tell people, I'm not going to tell you how to vote, but you do have to vote. I would tell people you have to vote. Either yes or no, you still got to vote. Well, when you say the 66 who voted for the union, most of them are no longer there. Did they quit mm-hmm. or were they terminated? Uh, a few were terminated. Most of them quit. Okay. Terminated for cause, I presume? In other words, they weren't showing yes. up or something? Okay. For Yeah, for you know, different different things. And then of the 94, a majority are still there. So... You know, I think people really thought about it. You know, is is this a company I want to work for? Is this a company I want to stay with? You know? Right. So quick question for you. Um, the union that filed the petition is calling itself Trader Joe's United. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's somewhat like Starbucks Workers uh-huh. United. Mm-hmm. Do you suspect or was there um, evidence that it's the same union going after the Starbucks workers, which is Workers United? I feel like we don't have evidence of that, but I think it is. And the thing that I really wanted my coworkers to really understand is that the person's name on the petition, he's never worked for Trader Joe's. (laughs) You know, if if you want to start a union and you are in this conviction of, I want to make a change, why isn't your name on the petition then? If you care so much about this job and the crew members, you have an outside person who's never worked for this company. He has no idea what day-to-day work life is at Trader Joe's. He has no idea. Why am I going to have someone that has never worked for the company speaking for me? That was another issue I had a problem with, you know? Did Great, you, you're a crew member that wants to file a petition? Put your name on it. Did you, know? you ever meet that individual, or was it just the name on the petition? 
was just the name on the petition and all the petitions for Trader Joe's. Okay. So they basically, somebody, and I haven't looked at the petitions, but so I'm assuming it may be somebody from like a Workers United, you know, which is part yes. of the SEIU. Mm-hmm. Um, so they basically did all the paperwork and then left it to the internal organizers, the people they may have planted in there? Mm-hmm. And one of the organizers doesn't work there anymore because there was a night, I think it was maybe two weeks leading up to the election. I wasn't there that night, but from what I was told, um, at the end of the night, we always have like huddles, right? At the end of the night, we, we shout out people, we do Kaizans, like what can we do better or be safer in the store, what have you. And <clears throat> leading up to that time, a lot of it was union talk, obviously. And the mates, they obviously didn't say anything. They let us talk because they can't get involved. And I guess one of the organizers, crew member, crew members were asking her a bunch of questions and she just could not answer any of them. And there were union people in that huddle and they just let this poor girl stand there like a sacrificial lamb and just get, you know, plummeted with, well, why, well, what if, and this and that. And she couldn't answer any of the questions and no one was standing up with her, you know, no one hmm. was like, the union people didn't stand up and say, oh, no, I'm going to have her back. And this is none of them. It was almost like they didn't know what they wanted. They kind of just filed it and then just said, okay, what do we want? We don't know what we want. And after that day, after the election, that girl went on a leave of absence and she never came back. Oh, really? So they hung her out to dry and she left. Sure did. And yet they wanted us to follow them. It's, It's almost like we just saw what you did to her and you want us to follow you? You just left one of your own to just, you know be sacrificed and thrown under the bus. Really? She, she was the scapegoat is um, you sent me a link to a podcast that was of, I believe one of the people involved and it's mm-hmm. a socialist podcast. Mm-hmm. Was there evidence of the democratic socialists of America involved or the guy other... that's on the petition? He's part of that organization. Okay. And the reason I'm asking that is I literally just last week did a podcast on DSA, uh, mm-hmm. Democratic Socialists of America, and their union salting mm-hmm. programs. Mm-hmm. So I was curious. It's just kind of, um, and just little things that were happening. You know, we would have a huddle and before the election, <clears throat> and one of my fellow crew members said, you know, I don't think it's fair that 30% of you get to choose for the 100% of us you know, if we have a union or not. And then someone in the group, someone that's part of the union said, well, we only need 30% to sign the cards. So pretty much to us, it was like, oh, so you don't care about the crew. Because if you did, you would have asked every individual in that store what, what they thought, what their opinion was of having a union. So you had your own agenda. Did they ever explain to you why they cut out so many people? No. No. Even after the fact, like in the last year, they haven't, they haven't gone no. back and said, well, here's why we did that. No, no. And they had a pamphlet that was circulating before the election. Um, that was kind of a question and answer form. Um, and it would talk about the only thing it, it asked in the pamphlet was why weren't more people of color 
you know, invited to join the chat or join the union or, you know, and their response was that according to them, that some of our coworkers, people of color, didn't feel comfortable going to managers because they were a person of color. And so they felt, the union people felt, because they're Caucasian, they could use their privilege to speak on our behalf. So a lot of us took it as, so you don't invite us to the chat, you don't invite us to join the group, but you want to speak for us. And that was just problematic. You know, just, I mean, who says that? (laughs) Right. Well, I I don't know if the term white privilege is accurate there, um, but that's kind of what it sounds like. They didn't say white privilege, but saying, you know, that's In what so it's many inferring. Words, it is. It is. You That's know, crazy. Because it, if you're going to start a union, you go to every single person in that store. Morning, night, doesn't matter. You go to every single person. You ask them what they like about the store, what they don't like, what they want to see changed. Then you get, you know, a consensus of what does the crew members want? You know, they didn't do that. They purposely went to people they knew that were going to say yes, whether they were brand new, uh, young, you know, vulnerable, easily manipulated. Um, I mean, other things were happening too. You know, I, I found out from another crew member that was asked by one of the union organizers, one that's no longer there, to, because this crew member um, works on computers was asked to hack into our day force day force is the platform we use to, um, you know, it has all of our information, like our, uh, <clears throat> our timesheets and our hours and our, our schedule. They were asked to break into it so they could get our information as far as our pay rate, any of our information. So they could use that. Then I heard, I heard that there was a Google spreadsheet of all the employees, you know, basically who are we going to ask? Who are we not going to ask? So they're, they're wanting to profile you through data that they wouldn't ordinarily have access to. Is that right? Yes. Because then they could use that like, Oh, so-and-so makes this amount. Don't you think that's not fair? You've been here. How long you should be making this amount, you know, kind of, kind of one of those things is what I'm assuming is why they want to know our pay rate. Did they ever get it? No. That okay. that crew member said, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to, I'm not doing that. But they did have a, a, a Google sheet in terms of who's who and where you sit mm-hmm. and whether you want the mm-hmm. union and all that. So mm-hmm. they're profiling you that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess that's yeah. not uncommon. Most unions do it, you know, in terms of if they're organizing, they want to know who their support is. But mm-hmm. the, old, the old days, that was just word of mouth. You know, the, the, person in the plant would go to the organizer and say, yeah, I'd have so-and-so in my department and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think the whole like union busting, I find interesting because that conversation I had with the employee about starting the union, when I would have private conversations with my captain and my regional, I told them, I'm the one that, that mentioned a union. I'm the one that said we should have a union for this and that. I told both my bosses and I still have a job there. Mm. You know, they kind of were like, they support unions you know, they're like, but we just don't think at this time, this store needs one, you know, 
So I kind of, you know, I keep reading articles like, oh, they were union busting, talking about my store. I'm not talking about other stores. And I'm like, that's not the case because I talked about it to my mates, to my captain, to my regional, and I still work there. I, I wasn't fired for talking about it. Right. Well, let me ask you, did did your captain or your mates give you any information or they just left it up to the employees to decide for themselves? They left it up to the employees. The only thing they would tell us is when people, you know, because people were confused, you know, you've got union people that don't, can't answer any of the questions. You're going to the mates and the mates really can't talk about it. All the mates would say is, look, do your research. Look at other grocery stores that have unions. Go talk to those employees. See how they like being in a union. That's all they would say to us. Did anybody do that? Um, I think a few people did, but, you know, it's it's a different grocery store, right? So you're going to go to, you know, a different grocery store that you don't work at. So it's kind of like, I don't know, you could – we had so many people that would come from um, – Whole Foods would come to Trader Joe's because they didn't like the working conditions. We had a lot of people that, you know, came from that store. So it's kind of like you could go and do your research, but it's a totally different grocery store and it's ran differently. So I, I imagine a lot of people did not do that. Well, in the New York area, you've got um, several unionized grocery chains Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's also by different union, which would be the, UFCW, United Food and Commercial Workers, which yes. is different from Trader Joe's United or Workers United. And I mean, and there is a little bit, um, I mean, some people think maybe that's who's backing Trader Joe's United. We don't have proof of that. Um, but it kind of, you know, to put someone in a store and start recruiting people right out the gate as soon as they, you know, start there at the job, you know, it was just... Like listening to Les and Michael's story, it was just the same, the same model. It's like they're following the same model, you know, and on this idea of we care about the crew. Well, if you cared about the crew, you would have asked all of the crew what they thought, not just 30% of them. Right. You know, because people would ask me, what would you have done? I said, I would have asked every single person in that store, you know, even people I don't normally work with. I would have came on my day off. Ask those people, what do you think? Do you like working here? What do you want to see different? You know, but that's not the direction they went into. It was almost, it felt almost like someone was pulling the strings, you know? And a lot of people afterwards that voted yes, you know, told me, would come up to me and be like, I can't believe I voted yes for that. You know? Yeah, I think you're starting to see this in the press a little bit, not with necessarily Trader Joe's folks, but, um, like Starbucks workers, you know, some mm-hmm. of them are starting to try to decertify the union year after they unionized. So let me ask you, usually, um, and I'm going back, you know, a couple decades, several decades of doing this actually, mm-hmm. usually when you have a union trying to unionize workers, it's because there are issues in the workplace. My boss mm-hmm. sucks. I mm-hmm. have lousy pay, lousy benefits that, you know, I get pulled to mm-hmm. do things. It's my way or the highway from the boss, mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Is Trader Joe's that way? No. In fact, it's kind of maddening that they're not like that because you have those employees that are lazy and will still have a job, 
Um, because there's no, no one's on you to finish something by a certain time or why didn't you do this? Or I'm watching you. I mean, for, for those of us that work very hard, we're upset. There's not more accountability, you know, it's kind of, I don't know how to describe it. You know, there's that frustration of like, we're over here busting our butts. And then you see the people that are just, you know, walking through the store and not really working in the break room, you know? I mean, I know the process of writing people up and all of that takes a while and then eventually termination happens, but it's frustrating to watch. So our managers are not like that at all. And they're right there with you, stocking stuff. They're not like, oh, go do this, go do that while I sit down have coffee. They're right there with you in the trenches, you know, um, doing the job that they, they wouldn't ask you to do that they wouldn't do. So let me ask you, and you may not know this, but of those, I'm just going to use the term lazy employees or those that are, don't mm-hmm. work hard, are those the ones that supported the union? Yes. And the majority of those are not there anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you could many- tell. You could tell by the people that were union, the, wearing the union pins. You're like, oh, so you know that a union will protect you. So you can be as lazy as you want, and it will take forever to, to get fired. So I'll tell you a very quick story, um, and I learned this as a union rep many, many, many years ago. Um, I was at a bar after a union meeting with one of the local vice presidents complaining about a grievance that I had to file for somebody that really deserved to be fired. Mm-hmm. And, and he said to me, and I'll never forget this, he said, don't you get it, man? I'm like, what? He goes, we represent the sick, lame, and lazy. Mm-hmm. And there is... There is some truth to that because it's usually those that are not doing their jobs that get mm-hmm. in trouble and need the union. Mm-hmm. But, but your uh, comment kind of just fit right in with that. Yeah, it's 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 true, you know. And then new people that are coming on that I train, I never mention any of the union stuff unless they ask me. Unless they ask me, then I have a conversation. And I had one employee that asked me about it, and. When she asked me, oh, well, who, who was in it? You know, and I would let her know, so-and-so, so-and-so. And she goes, ah, oh, that makes sense. And I was like, why? And she's like, because they don't work. I'm like, yeah, you know, <laughs> yes. Mm. I don't know, you know. Um, I think another thing that was upsetting was when they filed the petition, they could have put the store's phone number as a contact number. They put our captain's personal phone phone number on the petition. That was another thing that we're like, what are you doing? You're putting her personal cell phone number and you can imagine the calls she got. You can imagine the harassment she got. You know, no. if you're, if you're trying to start a union and you care about the crew, you don't do things like that. Who was doing the harassing? Was um, it people, people from within the store or outside the store? I would say both. Okay. I mean, she didn't, she didn't elaborate. She would just, you know, kind of let us know that, you know, during that time, she's like, I've been getting a lot of calls, a lot of calls that aren't nice. Hmm. Yeah. And, and it's like, they could have used this. Yes. You could have used the store phone number. You purposely used her, her own personal phone number to be vindictive. Again, you want us to join you when you're doing that to people. You know, and those same people that are treating our mates and our captain like corporate monsters, 
are the same people that are pursuing other things outside of Trader Joe's that are asking those corporate monsters for recommendation letters for schooling they're going to or a career they're going into. So it's kind of like, are they corporate monsters or only when it's convenient for you? That's, that's the other thing, you know? It's like, what are you really doing this for? What are you trying to say? You don't really care about the crew or the store because you're already pursuing other, other things. It sounds as though that the pro-union mindset was, let's have a union for the sake of having a union, not yes. necessarily because things are bad or because our, our captain's mean, mm-hmm. but it's just, yeah. just for the sake of it. Yes, and I think going forward, they're definitely going to try again. Um, but I, I think the platform they're going to run on is not going to be the same one because obviously the racist platform didn't work. So now they're going to run on a different platform. And I, I see the signs happening of things that are, you know, happening in the store. Like the buttons showing up again? The, I mean, the one that's in charge of it, she always wears her, her pin. Um, and I kind of countered it. I, I had pins made that said, I support our captain because I couldn't consciously vote for something that was based off lies. You know, you're going to lie about something to try to get your way. I'm not going to vote for that. And it's kind of, it's kind of like the cause is being lost at that point. Now it's just you versus them. And that's how it was. It was very divided in the store. You know, people that were friends were no longer friends anymore in the store. People stopped talking to each other, you know, because a lot of crew outside of work hang out. You know, you go to a bar after work. A lot of those people, they stop hanging out with each other. Right. Let me ask you, have you, and this kind of goes back to the question I had a few minutes ago, but if Trader Joe's, whether it's corporate or your captain or mates, weren't really giving you information do you and your, do you call them teammates, crew? Uh, crew members. Crew members. Do you do your fellow crew members know what your rights are in the workplace with respect to, while the union supporters have the right to, quote, campaign, you, mm-hmm. do you folks know you have the right to counter campaign? Yes. Okay. Yes. I was yes. just curious. Because, and- yeah, because that's what I, what I started, you know, and then it became, oh, she's anti-union. And, I, and in my head, I'm like, I'm the one that started this. I'm the one that was saying we should have a union for certain things in this store. You know, I'm not anti-union at all, but I'm certainly not going to vote yes on something that I don't believe is true. For what? To say that we got a union in there, that we got our way? No, that's not how you go about it, you know? And people would ask me, well, what would you have done? I said, I would have asked every single person in that store, and then I'd say, okay, everybody agrees on this. You know what, guys, on this day, we all walk out. We all walk out and demand what we want, you know? I thought that would make a bigger impact because the way they went about unionizing, it's almost like they filed a petition and then they didn't know what to do after that. Because yeah. I've, I've had friends start unions, and it's time and it's money and it's research, and none of that, none of that happened. Yeah, I'm wondering if they're going to do it from a different approach if they come after you again. Like, be a little better prepared, or are they going to leave it up to the same, for like a better term, yahoos that, yeah. that did it last time? Yeah. I, I mean, definitely it's the, the same person still in the store. So this I'm is sure. The, 
This is the one with the socialist podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm sure she's going to try again. Um, but I, I don't know. I think they might run on a platform of um, they don't feel safe in the workplace. And by safe, I mean like, I don't know. Um, she had brought this up in a, in a huddle that, you know, the, we sell water by the, you know, by the packs. And if you look on the computer, you can, you can ring it in that way. So you don't have to lift anything. You know, she made it a point to say, you know, this is a job, you know, where we do a lot of heavy lifting. It's almost like what you know that going in, it's a grocery store. You know, you either say, yes, you're going to work her or no, when you're in the interview, you know, you're going to be lifting heavy things. And they accommodate people that can't lift heavy things all the time. We have older crew members. You don't see them breaking pallets. You know, they, they're doing other things. They accommodate people based on, you know, what they can do physically. So I think that's what they're going to jump on. I think that's the next platform. Um, it's just little things that are happening. But the mates and the captain, they're responding to all those things. Things that are happening, they're, they, I've never felt unsafe at my store. You know, the first thing I tell people when I'm training them, and this is from Trader Joe's, this is what I learned from Trader Joe's, it doesn't matter if you're carrying out a stack of, you know, 10 cases of pickled, you know, pickles in a jar, glass jars. If that thing is starting to fall, you let it fall. You let it break. You know, if you see somebody stealing food, don't chase after them. Your safety is more important than a rack of lamb. So I've never felt unsafe in that store, but I think that's the platform they're going to run on next. That's interesting. So, yeah. and they've got to have a victim, I would think. So they're Well, we had an incident with an employee and they're going to definitely use his story without his permission, like they did with the Latina cleaning the bathrooms. They're going to use his story. And he's even come out and said to our captain, this is nobody's fault. It was a freak accident. You know, stuff happens. There's no one to blame, you know, but they're going to use his story. Absolutely. Mm. And have well, they, you know, talked to the guy, visited the guy? No, but they're going to use his story. So then what it comes down to somebody like yourself or some folks that, that know what you know, like mm-hmm. talking to your coworkers and kind of, I guess, insulating them from those types of attacks? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to see people getting bullied, you know, and it came out afterwards that people felt like they had to say yes, you know, and, you know, people came to me and said, Oh, if we're doing this again, we're not doing it the way she did it. You know? So there's already, you know, that push of, okay, if we do it again, we're not going to do it that way. But with that said, I personally don't think we need a union in our store. Not yet. Anyways. It's, it's not, it's never off the table, obviously, you know, if it gets to a right. point where we're like, all right, we need to, we need to do something guys. Like this is ridiculous, but for what we have as employees, and like I said, a company can always do better. It can always grow, be better to his employees always. But whenever I tell people the benefits from Trader Joe's that we get, people are just blown away. Like, wow, my, my job doesn't do that. Oh, my company doesn't do that. You know, it's, and then you hear horror stories of people that need unions, you know, in, in their workplace. 
I just don't think our store needs one right now. You know, I mean, I, I fight the good fight. You know, I, I try to do as much as I can. You know, I, I tell all the order writers and the trainers, you know, we need to get paid for this. We need to get compensated for this. You know, it's a skill set that we have. We need to get paid for it. You know, and I went to all of them. I said, we all got to say something. You know, it's, we're stronger in numbers. You know, so I try to do it in that direction, you know. Especially, I don't want some random person on the petition that's never worked there speaking for me. I don't want that. Right. So two quick questions for you. Does Trader Joe's um, explain all the benefits to you as you get hired or do they remind you during your employment and all that sort of stuff? Yes. They tell us when we get hired. They are constantly updating us on stuff. They constantly tell us if you have any questions come to us. We'll explain it to you. I've had questions. I had an issue with my taxes last year. I went to one of the mates. He goes, okay, this is what we got to do. You know, we got to fix this. Then it got fixed. So they're always, always available. There's HR's phone number is posted in the break room. Our regionals phone number is posted in the break room. We have like uh, what's it called? Not, I wouldn't say crisis hotline, but we have a hotline that is free for employees and it ranges from everything if you need we get like i think like six free therapy sessions if you need them um oh, like a employee assistance type of yeah program like hotline EAP. uh my cat my captain used it because she had to know how to break a lease so she she went there and was like how do i break a lease and they gave her the information of you know they gave her a reference to who she could call to do that just little things like that so they always are constantly letting us know you know, our 401k and, you know, if we're, you know, getting, we were getting a bonus. I think Les and Michael talked about that, you know, and how to go about that. You know, if you want to cash it out and how much it's taxed or if you want to just roll it over, you know, they explain all those things to us. Well, it's, it's interesting that, you know, again, it goes back to, are there issues that would cause employees to unionize? And it sounds like Trader Joe's is doing a pretty good job in terms of just a a good relationship with employees, right? And where At least things... for my store, just for my store. Yeah. You know, well, I, I mean, I would hope all over the country, Trader Joe's is doing that. I mean, I can't speak for the stores, but at least in my store, they are doing that. So imagine if they're doing it at 99% of the stores out there, it mm-hmm. still goes back to the question of why would people want to unionize? Why would you want to mm-hmm. pay dues when it's already a good deal that you've got, mm-hmm. I guess is the question. Mm-hmm. And that that was the other thing, you know, in the pamphlet, they're saying, oh, well, you know, does everybody have to pay dues? And it was, no, you know, if you have financial hardship, I'm like, how is that going to work? You know, if we obviously want more money, that doesn't that mean everybody has financial hardship? So then nobody pays the dues, (laughs) you know, it's like, that's not how it works. (laughs) Everybody pays the dues. Well, and if my car payment is higher than yours, is my financial hardship greater than yours? Exactly. Or because I've been there longer and I make X amount of dollars, I should pay more because you're a new employee and you're starting at a certain pay rate. I mean, how does that work? You know, how do you even tell people that that's true? That's not true. That's a lie to say, oh, you don't have to pay dues if you can't afford it. What? No, that's not how it works. If you're in a union, everybody pays dues. It should be that way. That's Yeah. Yeah, that's the basic model. Mm Mm-hmm. Did they explain to you that 
you know, New York is not a right to work state. So therefore, if they get a contract, everybody does pay dues. They didn't explain anything. I mean, I mean, maybe they were explaining it to the people that they invited into the chat, but Mm. to the rest of us, they, we were all in the dark about everything. We didn't even know what they wanted. We didn't even know what they were asking for. Did and when we would ask other, go ahead. Did anybody, whether it's Trader Joe's or the union folks, explain collective bargaining to you that everything that Trader Joe's provides can go on the table and you can get more or less or the same? I mean, I knew that um, from doing my research, but was it explained? No. Hmm. If it was, like I said, it was only explained to that group of people that were invited to the chat. If it was explained. I don't know if it was or wasn't. And certainly Trader Joe's didn't do it, apparently, right? Did Trader Joe's do what? Explain? Explain how collective bargaining works or anything like that? Um, They didn't explain it to us as a group. If we went up to them and asked them questions of how it works, you know, they, you know, even our regional explain, you know, if a union passes, everything is status quo. So everything you have stays the same, but anything extra that has to go into the bargaining table. So they would explain that, but that came from Trader Joe's. That didn't come from the union people. Right. You know, they just were saying, oh, we're still going to get everything. You don't have to worry about anything. I mean, that's what they were telling the union people. I'm kind of I'm asking these questions because you're kind of like a microcosm to this this larger wave of union organizing activity mm-hmm. that's been going on around the country, and I'm wondering how many workers voted for something based on ignorance, and I don't mean dumb, but just like yes. lack of information. A majority of them did, because afterwards those conversations they would have with me, you know, the people that said I don't know why I voted yes. I didn't know that's what it was going to be about. I didn't know all the details. I didn't know that we would lose things. I didn't know that nothing's guaranteed. Those were the comments that were given to me afterwards. Where along the way did they learn it, though? If after they voted yes, they learned the facts. They learned it the after, afterwards. But mm-hmm. by whom? Or who gave them that information? I think once the vote went no, I think those of us that that knew what was going on as, you know, those of us that voted no, um, that supported our captain. Cause there were several of us that wore the pins that said, I stand with my captain. Um, they would come to us and we're like, well, Hey, this is how it works. And they would say, Oh, that wasn't explained to me. Like, of course it wasn't explained to you. Cause I don't even know if they knew what they were doing. So how are they going to explain something when they don't even know how the process works? Let me ask you, pardon me, but let me ask you from kind of a generic sense, not to put you on the spot, but Mm -hmm. would it be helpful for employers, whether it's Trader Joe's or anybody else, to provide that information up front so that, like, your new employees coming in aren't going to get bullied into signing something? I mean, I I feel like it wouldn't matter. I feel like even if Trader Joe's gave that information, the way some of these kids were manipulated, it was almost like they if, if Trader Joe's provided it, they would have said, oh, you can't believe them. They're, they're lying to us. That's not true. The truth is what I'm telling you. So it, I don't think it would have mattered if Trader Joe's gave that information because I think they would have manipulated 
those kids into thinking you can't believe the corporate, the corporate man, you know? Well, then let me, let me ask you from a wider perspective, um, since this wave of union organizing is kind of happening among the Gen Z workers of the world, Mm -hmm. um, how is it, how can, I don't want to say companies, but how can they learn the facts as opposed to just going into something blind? Like they have to learn it on their own or they have to learn the hard way? God, I don't, I think it's a hard question because a lot of these kids don't have a lot of work experience. Right. So I can see why they jumped on something. And I feel like a lot of people also were vulnerable in the sense that they, they saw people that maybe didn't have a lot of friends or, you know, kind of were a loner and kind of targeted those people. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's right. You mentioned that um, when we spoke a couple of weeks ago that, mm-hmm. that they targeted some folks that um, to kind of make them feel like they're part of the in crowd. In crowd. Yeah, yeah. Which is sad, you know, because I'm friends with some of those people, you know, and to hear to hear that is just it's heartbreaking. It's like you preyed on someone because they were at their lowest. And you made them feel like you can be a part of something, you know, and not really wanting to be part of their life, just wanting their vote. Right. Manipul- yeah. Manipulate him. I think, yeah. I think you used that term earlier. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's just, it's heartbreaking. You know, it's especially those same people that have come up to me and, and said, I, you know, I can't believe I voted yes. You know, I, so I guess you have to learn the hard way. I mean, you can, you can only lead a horse to water, right? You can only give them the information, but what they do with it, if they choose to research it, if they choose to say, okay, what's this about? What's, what are unions about? Do I want to get involved? You know, whenever I would talk to people, I'd say, you know, you got to decide for yourself what you want. If you think this company needs a union, then you, you vote accordingly. You know, if, if you don't care about this job and it's just an in-between job, you know, why would you care if there's a union or not? You know, it's, you're not going to stay here in the long run. You know, I tell people, you know, the people that should really be voting on a union are the people that plan on making a career out of, out of this job. Those are the people that should make that decision. Not, not those of us that are probably not going to be there in five years or less, you know? Right. Well, and you know, for the listeners, this is not your only job. You work several or at least a couple jobs, I work right? two other jobs. Yeah. 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 So it's, you know, while you have a stake in the job currently, Mm -hmm. to your point, five years from now, you may not be there. Yeah. For me, this is not a long-term career, you know, and I think it's interesting. I see videos of Trader Joe's employees that are trying to unionize. And there's an interview with a girl and she said, you know, they ask her how long you've been Trader Joe's. And she says, oh, I've been off and on with Trader Joe's for five years. My question is, if the company is so bad, why do you keep coming back to it? That's a good point. For me, I just would get another job. (laughs) You know, I wouldn't come back. So it's kind of that line of, are you starting a union because you care about the crew and the job? Or are you doing it because you want to say you started a union? Because those are two vastly different things. 
Right. And from what happened in our store, they didn't care about the crew. Because if you did, you would have asked every single person. And you didn't do that. You chose to have your own agenda. You chose to only specifically ask certain people on purpose and exclude everybody else. For a group that wants to say, we need to be more inclusive and this and that, you didn't include everybody. Yeah. Do you think, and I kind of asked this in a roundabout way, talking about union salts and stuff. Do you think people were being paid by the union to organize? I only think one specific person is being paid. And I think that person's still in my store. I don't think anybody else. I mean, there's like a few people that have been hired that you kind of, or you see her talking to, you're kind of like, huh, you know, I wonder. Um, But I I think she's definitely being paid. I mean, you know, from a a standpoint of a fellow crew member, just watching her, I mean, she looks miserable when she works, you know, like she doesn't want to be there. So it kind of makes me reinforces that, like, are you being paid to be here? Because it seems like, you know, you don't really like this job. Well, unless she's looking for something else. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's not a coincidence that the group she's a part of, the same guy on our petitions is involved in the same group. So is she being paid? I mean, if not, what a coincidence that the same same two people are in the same organization. Right. Well, and if, if it's the DSA, um, as I mentioned earlier, they've been doing a lot of organizing around the country with mm-hmm. more established unions. So, mm-hmm. for example, Connecticut, um, and this is the podcast I did last week, They the Teamsters and the DSA have gotten together to do training for union salts. Mm-hmm. And then... The DSA's worked with other unions um, out in the West. They've got a, this thing called EWOC, which is the Emergency Workers Organizing Committee with the mm-hmm. uh, Union of Electronic Workers, which is an old union. So it's it's interesting, and I can't quite figure out are, how are they getting the funding, or are they do, just doing mm-hmm. it out of the goodness of their hearts? Mm-hmm. No one does anything out of the goodness of their hearts. Right. Someone's getting paid. Right. I mean, you know... It's it's sad in a sense, too, because in the days when my, my mother was a baker for many years and she was part of the union, and unions aren't what they used to be, you know? It's almost like, well, what's worse, the company you work for or the union that's, you know, you know controlling the employees? Because, you know, back in the day, my mom's union was fantastic, protected her, she got hurt, you know, anything. And now it just seems like it's just another corporate business. You know, that's why I had mentioned when my coworkers are like, well, what would you have done? I said, you stand stronger in numbers. If we do everything together, if we stand up together as a group, that might make a change, you know, if we do it on our own. You know, imagine if I organized every employee of Trader Joe's in the New York area to walk out on one specific day. You don't think they're not going to meet our demands of what we would like as crew members? I'm pretty sure they would. Were they going to fire all of us? That's not going to happen. You know, what I don't want is to be part of a union that's based off lies, based off kind of, you know, it's it's almost like a, a money grab. You know, you got 
grocery stores have a lot of employees. That's a lot of dues that you're getting from people. Sure. You know, so that's a turnoff on itself too. And also we're a store that doesn't need it at this time. We don't need it. You know, when it gets to that point, that's a separate conversation, but right now it's not needed, you know, and a majority of people there are happy working there. You know, of course people are going to complain they're tired or they want to go home. I mean, that's, that's normal. I mean, you know, you're a human being. But there's no like, oh my God, this manager did this or told me this. It's, it's not like that, you know? And those people that would say stuff like that no longer work there anymore because they were people that weren't performing. Well, and if, so to your point, if you were to unionize all the Trader Joe's employees around the New York area, Again, there's two parts to this. A, there's got to be a reason for them to want to walk mm-hmm. out, you know, which mm-hmm. would imply that you've got to either you're not making enough money or you've got a crappy manager or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, to get people inspired to give up, whether it's a day's pay or a week's pay or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. Right. I, I think what it is too, um, you know, I've been in New York almost 13 years and it's an expensive city, you know, and most people have more than one job. And I mean, I have a lot of coworkers, you know, I have a coworker, she starts a job from 6am till four and then comes into Trader Joe's from five to 11. Does that five days a week, you know, people do what they got to do for their family. And I think the inexperience of these kids of work experience, they don't have, but also moving from whatever state and realizing, wow, New York is really expensive. So instead of getting a second job, I, I deserve more money at my current job. You know? Right. And it's like, yeah, you can raise pay, but then everything else goes up. You know, like cost of living goes up. People just think like, oh, if I get paid X amount of dollars, then I can afford my apartment. That's not how it works. Pay goes up. That apartment is going to go up too. Everything else goes up, you know? And the groceries you sell, et cetera. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then it's like, okay, then let's, you know, Trader Joe's is pretty, has pretty competitive prices, you know? So let's say they do up our, our pay. Where does that cost go? It goes to the consumers. So the groceries go up. Then you have people not shopping as much because groceries are expensive. Then you don't need as many crew members because you don't need that many people working in the store because sales aren't that high anymore. I mean, it's just, it just keeps trickling down, you know? It's for me, it was kind of like, what you should be asking for are things that are going to impact people's lives. You know, I work at, let's say I worked for Trader Joe's for 25 years. What I would ask for, I want medical care for the rest of my life because this job is physically demanding. And after 25 years, I'm going to be beat up. Those are the things you ask for. You ask for the long-term things, not I want $25 an hour because my rent is $3,000 a month. But that's, that's not a reason you know, you need to, you need to pick things that are going to impact your life for the rest of your life, you know? Well, the problem is that, and maybe it's just, it comes with experience. Most kids, for lack of a mm-hmm. better term, they don't know that just getting out of school. Like mm-hmm. they have to learn it the hard way mm-hmm. and you have to go along for the ride while they're, I guess, learning it the hard way and trying to unionize mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of them realize that after the vote went no, 
for them to understand why so many people voted no, I think that's why a lot of them that said yes were asking all those questions and saying, oh, I can't believe I voted for that. Because once they heard people's stories of like my coworker that works two jobs, you know, in one day, once they started hearing that, it was almost it was almost like they felt their own entitlement of, oh, do I am I voting yes because I deserve more or do I feel entitled that I deserve more while you're watching your coworkers, you know, work two, three jobs to survive. I think a lot of them had eye-opening experiences with that, you know, saying, oh, my God, you work three jobs, you know, and here I am asking for X amount of dollars, you know, while my coworkers are butts in their butt working other jobs. So I think that they they were learning that after the vote went no, you know, once they got to know other employees in the store, ones that weren't invited to the conversation, you know, that what they have to do to survive and take care of their family. I think a lot of them, you know, felt bad saying yes. Yeah. For better lack of a term. Well, some, bad. some of that also goes to just basic economics. Cause you're talking about, you know, all the other prices going up. If you're to go up to say $25 an hour. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I remember this is, I'm going back years now, but I did a, um, I modeled out some costs on a fast food franchise that, you know, they had a whole bunch of stores. I won't get into the name, but they sell a lot of dollar menu items. Mm -hmm. So if you have a store with 25 employees and I think we did 20 employees, average hours was 25 hours per week. Mm -hmm. And you were to increase by a quarter an hour, just 25 cents, they would have to make, I want to say it was like 15,000 more dollar menu items. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I want to say at the time, their average was say $10 an hour. We took it up to $15 an hour and it turned out that they would have to make almost a million more dollar yeah. items on the, on the menu in that year. Yeah. So that's how much and I mean, and that just, Yeah. I mean, it just sucks all around, right? It's like as workers, we deserve more pay, right? And you should be able to afford your rent and your groceries and everything else, right? you know, but it doesn't come with other things going up. You know, we live in a capitalist country where, you know, we know trickle down economics doesn't work obviously, but if we keep upping the pay, everything else goes up. You know, it's a, it's, it's bigger than just unionizing. It's things need to change in this country. You know, yeah, I don't know that um, there's a way to change that model because it's, yeah. you know, historically companies or just, you know, society itself will either increase productivity. That's the way to absorb the costs mm-hmm. or they do more with less workers, which is productivity. Right. Mm-hmm. Or they get it. They bring in the machine, you know, to yeah. do the job. I mean, there's times, you know, and it's grocery stores always have high turnover, right? So you bring in a bunch of crew members, new hires, and then you have a full staff, but then slowly people quit, people get fired, what have you. And then you're down to the same core people that have been there. And you start to feel like, oh, this workload's a lot because we're down, we're down bodies. But at the end of the day, no one's on us to finish anything because it's a grocery store. It'll get done the next day. And then it'll get done the next day. 
it's continuous. You know what I mean? It's, it's not like there's deadlines. It's nothing like that. And at 11 o'clock when we close, our mates get us out of there. They don't expect anybody to stay at all. If you want to stay, if there's still stuff to do, they'll ask us. If you want to stay, no problem. You know, you just can't go over, you know, your 40 hours in a week. That's the only thing. But they'll let you stay. You know, if you are like, hey, I need the extra money. Do you mind if I stay? Because there's still another 20 minutes of work left. No problem. You can stay. But they never ask us to stay. You know, they'll ask us, if you leave at 10, you're more than welcome to stay. Just come and ask me. But you're not required. It's not a requirement. They're, they're, you're always asked if you want to stay or not. And a lot of people do stay because they want the extra pay. See, and that, that brings me back, like, you know, on the flip side to that is you, you run across companies that forcibly, and I say force, it's, you know, mandate overtime, right? You mm-hmm. have to stay because so-and-so didn't show up or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you hear, you would hear the complaints from the workers there, but, you know, this brings me back to my point earlier is it's so far, it doesn't sound like Trader Joe's has done anything wrong to deserve a union. And again, no. I'm talking, you know, to your point, just your store, but like, mm-hmm. You know, what are they doing wrong here that would normally cause workers to want to unionize? I don't know. I mean, as, as far as an employee, if you work 15 hours a week, you get free uh, eye care and dental. If you work 28 and they dropped it, it was 32. Now it's only 28 hours a week. You get full medical coverage and good coverage because I used to work for another corporation and it's the same uh, medical coverage and dental. Um, and we get the extra ten dollars every Sunday premium on top of our pay. So if you're starting out at eighteen an hour, you're making twenty eight every Sunday and every holiday. Extra I think it's ten dollars per hour. Per hour, and I think what's interesting is going back to this group that was involved in the union. You know, the white Gen Z kids. Someone that in the group when it was Juneteenth said, oh, I don't think I deserve to get paid extra today because we get paid. We That's considered a holiday. So we get the extra $10. And they said, I don't think I deserve the extra $10. And I said, why? He said, because I'm white. I said, okay. Hmm. <laughs> All right. You know, so it brings me back to them running on this platform of speaking for people of color. It, it's like, what is that? Is that white guilt? You know, what is that? that you don't want to get paid the premium on Juneteenth and you don't, you want to speak for people of color. What is that about? Right. Well, they could have donated it. Well, that's, I mean, all of us said, give it, we'll take your $10 an hour right. if you don't want it. You right. know, like, and it's funny because even my, my black coworkers were like, what are you talking about? Take the money. What are you talking about? You know? So there's a lot involved in that, right? It's just, I don't know. Well, well, let me ask you from another angle with these kids who are, you know, white Gen Zers pushing Mm -hmm. the union. Did they come from money or idealistic? Like, did they go off to college and like come out and say, we're going to change the world and vote to unionize? Or were they? I would say it was about half. I think it was about half and half. I think half came from blue collar families. And definitely there was um, another half that came from money. Okay. That, that we, you know, you know, once you get to know people in the store outside of work, you find out like, oh, okay, they come from money. 
Yeah. There was well, definitely a few of those. You know, it, it, the way I've seen some of these folks described, uh, mostly on the Starbucks side, but, you know, they they may come from some money, but they go, you know, off to college. They spend a few mm-hmm. years there. They come out and they're like, go union. Yeah. There's, without there's the work experience. There was definitely some of those in the group as well. I mean, it varied. There were people that had, you know, people came from blue collar that had no idea what unions were. There were kids that went to college and came out that were pro-union. There were kids that came from wealthy families that said, sure, I'll join. It doesn't affect me. I I have money, so I don't really have to worry about what I get paid. There's definitely some of those. And it was very interesting because, you know, going back to it, you know, I'm a person of color and it's like, most of us in the store, you know, that voted no, we have multiple jobs. And a lot of the people that were in the union did not have multiple jobs, you know, and you would see, you would see the people that would stay longer after we closed because they wanted to make more money. And all those union people, they never stayed one minute over, you know, Hmm. it's kind of like you care about the crew, but you see your fellow crew member working past the time because, you know, they're asking to because they need the money, but you don't need the money. But yet you didn't invite them to the chat. The the person that probably needs a union are those people that are busting their ass working two or three jobs. But you didn't even care to ask them if they wanted to join. Right. And I think a majority of my crew members, you know, especially people of color, you know, were insulted by that. You know, you want to speak for me, but you don't even ask my opinion. You don't even invite me. You don't ask what I think. Nothing. You make a decision for me. Yeah, that that is not uncommon. I mean, I've, mm-hmm. I've been hearing for years where, you know, if I'm, if I'm working with employees and, you know, they've had a petition filed, I've always heard pockets of people that have been left out purposely. Mm-hmm. But this sounds like there's a whole bunch of people that were left out purposely. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it was you know, and it'd be it would be interesting because it would always be a person of color that would come up to me and be like, "Are you in the chat? No, I'm not in the chat. Are you in the chat? No, I'm not in the chat. You know, right. nobody was invited. It just you know there was a few people of color that were part of the union, but it was a handful, you know. I think people were just, they're upset. You know, you want to start a union in our store, but you don't even talk to us. So at what point is it really about the crew or is it just an agenda that you have? Right. Because if you cared about the crew, you would have invited all of us. Kiki, I'm watching the clock here and I know you've got to take off. Um, Yeah. But. And that is to go to another job, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> so let me let me ask you this. Let's stay in touch. Um, okay. You've got my email address, cell phone, mm-hmm. and stuff. But keep mm-hmm. me keep me in the loop in terms of what's going on and stuff. And maybe we can do another episode at some point. Okay. I mean, maybe. I mean, I think they'll definitely file again. Um, so, which is kind of upsetting too, because it's almost. You know, it's almost like, I guess this is not a democracy. You know, majority said no, and they're going to take it as, mm, we don't care. We're going to try again. 
So again, you don't care about the crew. Well, lawfully they can file once a year. If there's no union, they, you know, it's every year mm-hmm. the, the labor board would have the possibility for having an election. Yeah, um, I know that. It's just, but you're sitting here saying you care about the crew, but yet a majority of the people that said no are still in the store. And it's just basically like an F you like, Oh, we don't care. You know, that majority of you said, no, we're doing it again. Well, they couldn't file unless they get the 30% again. Mm -hmm. So that's up to the employees, whether they want to file or don't want to file. If they don't want to sign authorization cards or whatever the union's using, Mm -hmm. you know, if the union can't get the 30%, they can't file. Mm -hmm. So it's just a matter of, you know, the employees, if they don't want a union, don't sign the card or don't sign mm-hmm. the authorization. Yeah. And it's what sucks too, is there's a lot of new crew members, you know? So it's like the same, the same tactic as far as, you know, recruiting them as they're being trained, but you know, it doesn't matter if they're training them or not. I mean, they're, if they're going to have a conversation with them, they're going to have a conversation with them. doesn't matter what, what they were doing, how they were recruiting people is they would tell them, hey, on Monday we go to this bar. And that's what they did. They took them to a bar and said, hey, we're starting a union. You want to sign cards? They went to a bar and signed cards. Did they that's pay for the drinks? I have no idea. <laughs> no idea. See, we used to buy the beer and hot dogs and stuff, or, or at least yeah. you know, sometimes put the tab at the bar. No idea. But that's, you know, so if they want to get to people, they're going to get to people no matter what, whether it's in the store or outside the store. Um I just think it it's sad that these new employees have no idea of what occurred before, how divisive the store became. I mean, it was it was brutal. I mean, there's people I still don't talk to because your you know your moral compass with my moral compass. So I'm you know I'll be respectful to you. You know I'll speak to you when it's about the job, but I don't have to like you. You don't have to like me. We don't have to agree. That's fine. But it's just, you know, that sucks to have to work in a store where you don't talk to people because of something like this, you know, right. Right. and the way they went about it. It wasn't just about a union, you know, it, it was about how they went about it that made it so divisive in the store. You know, you're pointing fingers at mates that, that we care about that are good people, our captain, who's a good person. You know, you're going after people that didn't deserve it, you know, so why would I talk to you? You know, it just, we obviously don't morally agree on things because I would never destroy someone's livelihood or their reputation based off lies just to get what I want. I would never do that. And I would never vote for something like that. And I would never ask people to vote for something based on that. That's just the person I am. Yeah. Well, it takes a a special kind of person to be a union organizer and Mm -hmm. to do that. And it's, I think... I'm going back many, many years, but the, the basic mentality is the ends justify the means. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a lot of people do a lot of mm, bad things, I guess would be the yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Due to that. And it, you know, I, I have friends that have organized unions, you know, for their workplace and they're good people that did it with good intent and have gotten it passed because they did it with good intent and they knew what they were doing. And they took their time and they did their research and they answered all the questions that people had, you know, I've seen unions done successfully. This was not one of them, you know, and the way they went about it was, you know, I'll go back to what I said. It was heartbreaking. 
It was heartbreaking. An idea that I started with just turned into something else. You know, that's the thing. I planted that seed and then no one invited me to the conversation. You know? Yeah. It, it is funny like, that okay. you're the one you're the one that did the seed planting there. Yeah, and but kind yet no one asked me what I thought. Right. <laughs> you know? And it's because I'm a hard worker, you know, and because I'm close to the mates and I'm close to my captain, you know, I'm I'm them, you know, it's them versus us. I was the them, you know. Don't invite her because she works and she cares and she cares about the mates and she cares about the captain. That's that's how it felt. You know, that's how I felt not being invited to the conversation because yeah. I did my job and because I like my job and I like the company I worked for. All of a sudden I was the enemy. And a lot of people felt like that, not just me, you know. Well, and you're also a critical thinker. And so when they started going down the race path, you recognized mm-hmm. it very quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Well, I want to say thank you very much for coming on to Labor Relations Radio. And I know you've got to head out the door. So thank you for having me and let me speak because there was no, you know, there was no information on the other side of it. You know, I know they did a ton of articles locally about the unionization and there was another side to the story that people need to hear. You know, it wasn't, oh, we're anti-union. We don't want it. No, this is why we voted no. Right. People need to know that, you know, no one was anti-union, just nobody wanted that union. Right. Yeah. And that's a, that's a key component to this too. Yeah. Because it's, it's same thing with Michael and Les, they're not necessarily anti-union, but they saw some of the same tactics Mm -hmm. and turned them off. At least. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe in the future, no problem, but based on truth. Right. Based on, you know, things that we as crew members need that we deserve. Yes, that's a union I will vote for, but not based off lies. Yep. Well, you have a great afternoon. Thank you so much. Be safe at work. Be safe in the traffic. I'm assuming you're going to be in and around New York traffic. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The big city. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Anyway. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. So that was Kiki, an employee of Trader Joe's in Brooklyn, New York, explaining some of the union's tactics that turned a majority of co-workers off to unionizing. Listen, if you're an employee who's had similar experiences, whether at Trader Joe's or anywhere else, and want to share your story, you can always reach out as Kiki did via email. You can reach out on Twitter at Workplace Report. That's at Workplace RPT. Give us a call at 1-888-668-6466 or leave a comment under the audio portion of this episode. And that wraps up another episode of Labor Relations Radio. I'm your host, Peter List. Thanks for listening and have a great week. I'm just a man living a one-eye stand I'll tell you what I need Oh, Black Creek, take me to that place You have been listening to Labor Relations Radio.
Hey, Labor Relations Radio listeners, this is just a quick reminder. If you enjoyed Labor Relations Radio, make sure you share these episodes with your colleagues and make sure you and your colleagues visit laborunionnews.com and subscribe to our News Digest.